you've got to care about your people, even in those difficult conversations. You know, if it's a performance issue, I've got to care about you enough, your value as a human, that that should set the tone for the way I'm going to talk to you about the issue. And then I've got to want the best for you, whether that's with our company or whether that's with another one. I've got to, I've got to have your best intention in mind, not just my own. I think that's going to make a huge difference. I think that's going to help us to talk to people with respect and treat them with integrity that they deserve as people, even though they've screwed up. Because the truth is, I've screwed up and people have had to have really hard conversations with me. If I think about how I want them to talk to me, that's how I need to be talking to my people. And even in those difficult conversations. Good morning, HR. I'm Mike Coffey, and this is the podcast where I talk to business leaders about bringing people together to create value for shareholders, customers, and the community. Please follow, rate, and review Good Morning HR on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. You can also find us on Facebook, Instagram, YouTube, or at goodmorninghr.com. My guest today says that leading people requires connection and that communication will make or break that connection. She says that rather than focusing on the how we communicate, leaders need to consider the way we communicate. Ashley Smalley is a certified HR professional, consultant, and speaker on workplace and communication topics. She is also the Family Enrichment Coordinator for First Baptist Church in Bridgeport, Texas, where she leads the women's and marriage ministry teams and oversees the senior adult ministry. Through her organization, Smalley Consulting, she blends her HR experience and her love for people into a business and ministry hybrid focused on building unity one team at a time so that people enjoy their work and do it better. Ashley will be a speaker at Fort Worth HR's annual Strategic Mindset Conference on September 23rd. You can find more information about that event in the show notes. Welcome to Good Morning HR, Ashley. Hey, Mike. Thanks so much for having me. So you talk about leaders needing to connect with their teams. What does that actually look like? And how do you know when you've actually got that connection? Oh, yeah, I think I think it's really important that we're not connecting for the sake of connecting, that it's it's generated out of genuine care for our people. I think in order to in order to really I don't know, for the for the whole animal to be really operating the way it should, there's got to be genuine care and connection between leaders and their teams. Um, and I think, I think communication, man, it'll make or break that on any given day. And we get, we get to choose day in and day out how we're going to communicate with our people. Uh, when, when connection is strong, I think you see it because morale is up. Um, people, people are not, you know, they're not flipping the bird as they come into work in the morning. You know, things are, things are a little cohesive and, uh, people genuine, genuinely seem to be pleased to be at work. Um, they're able to work through conflict, uh, more readily, uh, connection, I think is just critical between teammates and between the leader and the team. Does that connection, does that term connection mean that we're on the same page with work uh, and I want you to be successful because I'm your leader, or does it is it deeper than that where I'm all up in their business and know their personal stuff and all their family history and all that stuff too, or where's that balance? 
I think I think there definitely is a balance, but I think it includes both. I think if we're just focused on being connected um, regarding the work at hand, that'll get you somewhere. But there there's a shallowness to that um, that I think won't get loyalty and buy in and, and longevity on teams like you would really like to have. I think I think when you are genuinely concerned about your people and what is going on in their lives outside of this place, I think it makes a difference. And I think they see in you as their leader, legitimate concern for them as people, not as cogs in your wheel. And I think it makes a huge difference in how they will work for you, the the degree to which uh, they will work hard for you. So, and you talk about communication being really key to to that connection. Mm -hmm. Um, How does how does communication really affect that connection? And what do you, you know, when you talk about focusing on how we communicate versus the way we communicate, how are those Mm -hmm. two things different? So for me, how we communicate are the modes of communication. It's written, it's verbal, it's nonverbal, even visual. It's it's the mode or the method of communication that we're using. And that's important. You, You know, you think about in terms of HR, You know, I want things written down when I need a record or documentation or I need to be able to refer to it later. Uh, Building connections going to always come most primarily through verbal uh, communication or in-person communication where we can we can hear each other. and We're picking up on those nonverbal cues and all of that. But I think it's so much more than the mode or the how of communication. And it really gets into the way we communicate. That's going to be more the method that we use to communicate. You know, are we communicating respectfully? Are we communicating honestly? Are we being direct in the way that we're addressing things? Are we confident in the things we're presenting to our people? Um, are we consistent in the things that we are communicating? I think those are the things that will make or break connection on a team. If, I, if I'm doing it, if I'm using the right method, but I'm not using, I'm sorry, if I'm using the right mode, but I'm not using the right method, so much can get lost in translation and the connection can be broken and, and really hard to repair. So the way we communicate, you can't really fake that, right? Though, I mean, it's got to, it seems like it would have to have come from a genuine place as a, as a leader. Um, and so maybe oh, yeah. we have to take a step back and say, as a leader, what, you know, you said, you know, you know, being honest and direct and consistent. Um, but those are probably outcomes of a of actual caring and relationship with your with your employees. Yeah, that's what, that's what I'm saying. You can't just you can't just check the box and say I communicated the right way. I, it, it has to it has to come from this place of genuine care for your people. And if if you're if you're not genuine, they see through it. You know, if you're, if you're trying to regularly connect with them, but they know it so you can check the box that you've connected with them for the day, they're like, all right, dude, get out. I got stuff to do. So it's got to come from a genuine, a genuine, you're exactly right. A genuine place of care. Otherwise, what are we doing? So many leaders are going through the checkbox thing. Okay, I need to do a one-to-one with each employee once a week. I need to do this. I need to do that. And, I, and I'll admit, I've fallen into that trap, uh, you know, of of being more transactional in my communications with my mm-hmm. team at times than, than I want to be. Um, but I think I, you know, I usually realize that at some point that, you know, when this is not getting the results I want or it's not, 
uh, then it's, you know, it's easy when it's genuine to have those conversations. It's, it's, and it's, it's more work sure. when you're kind of forcing it or pretending. Um, what do you think younger leaders or newer leaders need to know? Or what bad advice do you think they get? Or, or, you know, if there were some things you were going to com- communicate to somebody early in their leadership history, in their leadership experience to build those skills, what would you suggest to them, you know, uh, you know, to be more successful going forward? Well, I think just in the vein that we're talking in today, really right from the get-go, don't look at your people as um, as cogs in your wheel. Don't look at them as a an opportunity or the, the necessary puzzle pieces to accomplish what you're trying to accomplish, but really attack leadership more from a servant leadership perspective where I'm here to serve you rather than you're here to serve me. How can I make you better at what you're doing? How can I, uh, how can I set you up for success uh, rather than using you to set myself up for success? I think sometimes uh, when we are right out of the gate as new leaders, it, we're doing all the things we think we're supposed to be doing or things that we've seen leaders do in our past. And, and we miss the chance to really connect because to your point, a lot of times it's transactional. They're doing what they're supposed to be doing or what they've learned at some conference that they were supposed to do, but the heart's not behind it. And in order to, to really be an effective leader that makes, makes an impact on the people that work for us, it's got to be, it's got to be genuine. It's got to come from the heart. So a lot of workplaces have been remote or hybrid for the last couple of years. Um, do you see the, you know, when you're working with your clients, I challenges to how that communication works when we are remote, we're talking via zoom or emails, things like that. Have you, is, um, and how do you address, you know, getting that, that personal touch that, you know, and expressing that deeper interest in the person, you know, when you're not face to face and you don't have all the cues. Mm -hmm. Oh, I think it's hard enough in the office face to face. So if, if we are going to really make sure we're connecting with our teams in a remote situation, man, your intention level's got to go from here to here. You've got to really be about, okay, how do, how do I connect? And you know, as well as I do, you can mess an email or a text message up. You can mess a team's message up with the wrong punctuation and the whole message is, is received the wrong way. So as much as we can get face-to-face time, and I know people are sick of being on zoom calls and they're sick of being on cameras. I get that. But as much as we can figure out how to, to get FaceTime, to get in-person time, to schedule those things where we have an opportunity to build those relationships, not even around the work, but just making sure we are connected. Leaders are going to have to be super intentional about that. Um, I was at a conference on Wednesday and there was this really great speaker named um, Coach Kyle Draper. And he talked about the power of video to connect. And so not even just a Zoom call, but as a leader, for me to just shoot a quick, imperfect video about what I need to say to my people and send it rather than even via text message, um, rather than sending an email that could that could lose some of the meaning. Plus, as we're seeing each other's faces and we're hearing the tone and we're, we're picking up on all of those nonverbal cues, we are building connections. So I thought that was really timely, uh, particularly for those who are doing remote work, making sure we're figuring out a way to get that FaceTime. So some folks are just 
more awkward than others and and that more personal you know regardless of how sincere it is but just that personal expression is just more difficult for for some folks do you think this kind of communication you're talking about is a skill that can be developed or does somebody just have the ability to do it? Oh, that's a good question. I think, um, I think of my husband who I jokingly say is nearly nonverbal. I mean, he, he would tell me he loved me in an Excel spreadsheet if he could figure out how, um, (laughs) but, but he, he, his work requires that he is relational. I mean, he owns a business and he's working with clients and he has to figure out how to make those one-on-one connections. So does it come naturally? Not necessarily, but he's worked really hard at it and he, he attacks it from the standpoint of, okay, I need, I need these clients to know that I care about them. So I've got to do the hard thing for me. And just with practice and repetitions, like anything we get, we make progress when we practice it. So even though it's uncomfortable, man, putting yourself in those, in those places where you have to stretch and you have to grow just a little bit, even that shows some vulnerability and humility for your people where they go, okay, that might've been awkward as all get out, but I can tell that they were doing that for my benefit. And I think, I think that goes a long way too. So again, it goes back again to, you know, primarily genuinely caring and, and actively thinking about it. Are there specific skills or or things that a a leader should practice to, to be better at communication? I think the first thing a leader needs to do is like a self-awareness check and just be really evaluate themselves. Am I really as good at this as I think I am? Um, or am I really as bad at it as I think I am? You know, am I, do I struggle one-on-one or do I struggle when it's time to make presentations? You know, where, where do I struggle and really be intentional about practicing those things? Um, if it's, if it's small talk um, and I have lots of people in my life that small talk makes their skin crawl. Okay. Well then let's, let's spend some time coming up with the sorts of things I could ask or, you know, anticipate when I see so-and-so, I know that their kid had something going on. I'm going to be sure to ask about their, their, what was going on with their kid. And so just making sure that we're thinking ahead. Um, one of the, one of the things we can develop is just discipline and thinking about what's going to be coming up and anticipating uh, anticipating how to how to make those connections, even when it even when it might be uncomfortable. Uh, the other thing I think, in addition to self awareness, is just a willingness to kind of humble ourselves and go, okay, I've made this all about me somehow. I got to figure out how to make this about my people, uh, because when when I'm seeking to serve someone else instead of myself, man, I attack that totally different. And so I want to make sure uh, that I'm that I'm seeing, am I the kind of leader who's willing to kind of take myself from where I see myself up here, kind of bring me down a notch and just go, okay, how do I how do I make sure that I'm being what my people need me to be? Uh, so I would say those are those are probably my two my two biggest things that we need to be aware of and try to try to work on. And those are really things that before the conversation even starts that that we need to invest the, the time in. Yeah, well, and I need to be thinking long term, you know, for for my team, connection is going to increase productivity 
and enjoyment and morale. So I need to be thinking as a leader, I need to be thinking long term, what is my goal for this team? Uh, Because it might cost me some time and it might cost me some energy and some effort. And I need to I need to kind of set my intention and go, what are we working toward? What can I do to make sure that we get there? How can I lead these people well? And then let that be the thing that guides the way I communicate with people throughout the day. And let's take a quick break. Good Morning HR is brought to you by Imperative, premium background checks with fast and friendly service. For years, I've argued that most employers are second chance employers, whether they know it or not. They likely have some employees whose critical errors in judgment have led to involvement with the criminal justice system. And most leaders want to be fair in their evaluation of job candidates' criminal history information, but they aren't sure how best to do so and still protect their organization from liability, loss, and litigation. And that is why I have a pre-recorded webinar entitled The Business Case for Becoming a Second Chance Employer on our website at imperativeinfo.com. I dive into the statistics and studies surrounding criminal offenses, recidivism, and employment as we review the benefits to businesses from considering and hiring qualified former offenders for positions. And this webinar is approved for an hour of recertification credit from both HRCI and SHRM. You can watch this webinar on demand at imperativeinfo.com. If you're an HRCI or SHRM certified professional, This episode of Good Morning HR has been pre-approved for one half hour of recertification credit. To obtain the recertification information, visit goodmorninghr.com and click on Recert Credits. Then select episode 60 and enter the keyword connect. That's C-O-N-N-E-C-T. And now back to my conversation with Ashley Smalley. When um, sometimes our, uh, our conversations have to be are just by nature unpleasant things. You know, you we're having performance issues and we need to address them or there, mm-hmm. you know, there's some issue that is kind of icky to, you know, just, you know, lay out there and, and, and jump on. Um, any specific tips on maintaining connection while having those, those more difficult conversations? You're going to, you're going to roll your eyes because we're, I'm going to say the same thing I've already said, which is you've got to care about your people, even in those difficult conversations. You know, if it's a performance issue, I've got to care about you enough, your value as a human, that that should set the tone for the way I'm going to talk to you about the issue. And then I've got to want the best for you, whether that's with our company or whether that's with another one, I've got to, I've got to have your best intention in mind, not just my own. I think that's going to make a huge difference. I think that's going to help us to talk to people with respect and treat them with integrity that they deserve as people, even though they've screwed up. Because the truth is, I've screwed up and people have had to have really hard conversations with me. If I think about how I want them to talk to me, that's how I need to be talking to my people. And even in those difficult conversations. Inside of a, a work group or a team, there's often there are often communication challenges too. And if I'm the leader in a group and I, I see that uh, that team members aren't uh, communicating well with each other, either they're not under, you know they're they're talking over or through each other and not in, you know not trying to you know they're more concerned about being understood than understanding those kind of things. How how you have any tips on how to address those kind of issues? I think the first thing is we've got to make sure that we're leading by example. That we aren't that we aren't modeling for our people those kind of broken habits, 
And then we need to, we need to call attention to the broken habits. You know, normally, normally we're going to hear about the issues because somebody's complaining about somebody else and this, you know, the stupid thing they said or the thing that they did that irritated me. And so being aware that everybody kind of has a part to play in that and, and being considerate enough of everyone on your team that you address the issues at hand, all of them that are coming into play and calling a spade a spade and seeing, is this, is this something you're just unaware of? Cause so often the things that I do that are dumb, that offend people, I'm not even aware that I've done. So is it something that we're aware of, or is it something that, that I need some practice or is it something that I need somebody to teach me how to do? Uh, and so as, as a leader, we've got to be looking at our people going, okay, is there, is there something that I need to help develop in this employee um, so that, that this issue is not a recurring theme on our team? You know, that's interesting because I just had a conversation with someone about the importance that leaders and or that anybody who's communicating, that they're responsible for to a certain extent about you know understanding how other people are going to respond to it and and framing what they're saying in uh, in a way that 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 person can hear, but I think at the on the flip side, mm-hmm. it's uh, we should have the expectation of ourselves as well not to be so easily offended and to assume goodwill yeah. and uh, on the part of the other person when they're they're delivering stuff. Uh, to us and knowing that, you know, they're as imperfect as we are. Yeah. Well, and you know, when we, when we already have a connection established on our team and that rapport has already been built, then I'm way more likely to give you the benefit of the doubt. I'm way more likely to try to see it from your side of things. And so we, that, that again, is why the connection is so necessary because so many of the little things where, where I'm easy to take offense, uh, that becomes, it becomes harder and harder to offend me if I really genuinely care about you. And so that's that's another another reason why building those connections are it's just critical. You know, as a leader, if I realize that, you know, maybe I do care about my employees, but for whatever reason, I don't have the level of con- connection with them. I haven't invested the time and the effort and the attention to to, to building that, and maybe I'm suffering, and, and my team is suffering because of that. How would what would you suggest to a leader who wants to fix that situation? Uh, and, you know, and have better communication, closer connection to their employees. Uh, remember that there is not a one size fits all approach because each person on your team is a unique individual and what they need from you varies drastically. So this oh, is where so I've got to be direct in my I know, I know, but it's the truth. It's the truth. I mean, we, we've got to, we've got to figure it out one person at a time. So if it's my opportunity as leader then to practice direct communication and honest communication and come in and say, listen, things are not what I want them to be. And I feel like as your leader, I have failed you in some way or, or we've missed, we've missed it. And you don't, you don't understand my genuine care for you. How can I, and we ask them, how can I support you, care for you and let you know that I'm here for you no matter what happens in the course of a day? And I think if you have a a team full of 10 people, you're going to probably get 10 different answers. And so therein lies the work that you mentioned, right? Uh, But I think, I think that's really what it comes down to. If you're, if you're in an ER situation where your team needs to be rehabbed, it's going to take some work to get it done. 
Uh, but, but with time and persistence, it can be done. And it's more than just saying the words too, right? Your actions have to follow through that yeah. to show that you really care about them, that you really want to pr- improve these, this, this circumstance and, and build a team that, you know, is high functioning and that where everybody's got their, their place and knows their role and is excited about coming to work every day. And, but you've got to Absolutely. follow, you can't just deliver the speech. And I think that's one thing that I've, I've seen leaders do over the years, uh, especially politicians, but, you know, uh, yeah. business leaders as well say, you know, come out and throw out this, you know, all these words. Uh, and then, you know, their act- actions don't really support what, what they, what they said. Well, and that's, I mean, you, you hit the last point of my presentation for the strategic mindset conference. You've hit the nail on the head and it's consistent communication. Our actions and our words have to match. Otherwise we've actually made our connection worse, not better because we've lost all credibility. Uh, And so we've got to, we've got to be consistent in everything that we, that we are communicating both in word and deed to our people. Yeah, that's, and that's, not a quick fix. I mean, I think that's the, the, you know, you can say words and you can seem sincere while you're saying the words, but then to have the, have, have your team's trust or anyone else's trust, you've got to, you know, they've got to have the experience over time of you doing what you say you're going to do. So the deeper, deeper you've dug that hole with inconsistency, the harder it is probably to dig back out. Well, and we understand this in terms of a marriage relationship or a friendship. We, I mean, we you know, the longer there's drama, the longer that's going to take to fix it. And but it, where people are still people at work, and so it's the exact same thing. If I have, uh, if I've made you feel a certain way for five years. I can't fix that in two weeks. It's going to, it's going to take time. And that, that kind of dogged determination that I'm just going to keep after this thing because connection matters that much. We hear a lot about how different generations communicate and want to be treated in the workplace. And, uh, and throughout my career, it's always been the older generation complaining about the younger generation. Uh, and over time, the problem has been as, as often with the older generation than it has been the younger generation. But do you see a difference in how leaders connect to millennials or, or, or Gen Z or whatever the, the, uh, the next generation is versus uh, maybe their you know, older leaders' peers? I think your mode may change. The how may change, and you won't know until you ask what they need. But the methods are always going to be the same, honest and respectful and consistent and direct. All of those things, that's never changing. Uh, it's just how they receive it that might need to change. And, and you can't know and you can't make assumptions that the older generation doesn't want you to communicate with them in this manner um, or that the, the younger generation just wants everything digital. That's, that's an unfair assumption to make. You, to use a sports analogy, you're going to have to coach to your players and really look at them as an individual and ask them, you know, what do you need? Take a poll, you know, do a survey or whatever, but figure out what they need and don't assume that, you know, and I think there, therein you see the humility come into play again, instead of just assuming I know everything, I'm going to start asking people, what do you really need? But, but people's needs, regardless of their age, they're the same. They need to be known, seen and cared for in order to be connected with whoever is around them. Any other previews you want to share about your presentation at the Strategic Mindset Conference? 
I think uh, I don't want to give too much away. You've already stolen half of it. Um, <laughs> I just want to uh, I want to make sure uh, that everybody knows that what we talk about is going to be so practical. It's not going to be up here, you know, like in theory, this is what we're, this is what we need to be doing. But you're going to walk away with tangible things you can walk out of the conference and back into your office and put into play immediately. It's going to take intention and hard work on your part, uh, but it's it's doable. You're going to have you're going to have tools in your hand when you walk out that you can use to start building connection on your team. And that's perfect because that's what we all looking for when we go to a conference. I always want to walk away with something I can yes. take and implement right away and. Uh, and not just yes. uh, another book to sit on my sh- on my shelf that maybe one day I'll read. So, well, thank you for joining me today. Yeah, or, Ashley. or that's credits. All the time we have. Yeah. Oh yeah, credits. Yeah, that's yeah, and you'll get plenty of strategic yeah. credits. I want more but, than the credits. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you'll get them, but yeah, we definitely want yeah. uh, we want to we want to we want those credits to have some value in the re- in the real world too. And certainly, yes. whoever's paying for us to attend the conference wants us to come back better leaders uh, and, uh, in the <laughs> yes. organization. Well, thank you again for for joining me today, Ashley. Yeah, I know. I I appreciate the opportunity so much. And if you're in the North Texas area, you can hear Ashley present at Fort Worth HR's 13th Annual Strategic Mindset Conference on September 23rd, 2022. You can register at fwhr.org. And thank you for listening. You can find previous episodes, show notes, and contact info for our guests at goodmorninghr.com or on Facebook, Instagram, or YouTube. And don't forget to follow us wherever you get your podcast. Rob Upchurch is our technical producer, and I'm Mike Coffey. As always, don't hesitate to reach out if I can be of service to you personally or professionally. I'll see you next week, and until then, be well, do good, keep your chin up.